And this is Sex Archie. Darwin plays. (laughs) And that has nothing to do with this show. Because this is a Riverdale recap podcast here to talk about chapter 124, Dirty Dancing. Written by Aaron Allen, directed by Jesse Warren. Yeah, I forgot that's what this was called. (laughs) And now I'm thinking about like, hmm... Things that weren't in the episode. Yeah, yeah. We're very literal take on the title. Yes. Except not particularly dirty either. No, not really. There's dancing. It's it's, kind of tame. There's people getting treated dirty. Yeah. And there's also dancing. And those are the two A-plots, side by side, separate. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, this is accurate. So, so this uh, episode, mm-hmm. we we start right where we left off. We're in the aftermath of the Peep Show. Yes. Now that was a literal title. That's yes. exactly what that episode was about. Hal, of course, told Alice and uh, that Betty was dancing in her window in her skivvies for Archie, and like that ain't cool. And so Alice decides to phone Hollywood to talk to Mrs. Lodge to yell at her about her daughter giving her daughter underwear. How does she have her number? Like, again, Hermione Lodge in Riverdale Season 7 is this world's version of Lucille Ball. How does she have her phone number? Isn't this back when, though, you could, like, call an operator and be like, I need to be connected to this person in this place, and they could still do that, even though, like, phone numbers existed? Like, they could do that. Catch me through to Hermione Lodge, America's sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I want to know why Betty gave up Veronica and didn't just say, oh, I got them myself. (laughs) It's not mine. It's mine. I'm holding them for a friend. (laughs) I don't know how these got here. Uh, and then Alice decided to also call Penelope Blossom mm-hmm. to be like, how do I deal with my wayward child? You and, have one. And of course, she started uh, uh, lighting up the gossip line. So there, there's the rumor mill started primarily because of Penelope Blossom. Primarily because Alice called Penelope well, Blossom. Sure, it's her sure. own fucking fault. I guess the buck stops there. So uh, Archie's <laughs> chat with Frank is like... <laughs> She's never going to talk to me again. And Frank's like, well, your mother just needs some time. (laughs) We're not talking about Betty. We're talking about Mary. Mary is not seen in this episode. (laughs) She's gone off to Chicago, I suppose, to cool down. She needs a break from that boy. (laughs) And Frank's like, yo, it's not that bad. Like, were you caught with your pants down? Yeah. Literally, uh, yes. Was it a little raunchy? Definitely. It was quite raunchy. But at, at, but the bottom line is, he's really happy to know that Archie's not gay. It's like, I'm so glad you were interested in that kitten. <laughs> Quote, she's a voluptuous ripe peach of a girl. <laughs> and with that, Archie pounds back his juice like it is a fucking bottle of vodka. <laughs> like, he cannot drink that orange juice fast enough. <laughs> trying to feel the burn as it goes down. I mean, quite frankly, if my uncle was saying these things, I would also be trying to choke myself on juice. And so Alice is having a nice little chat with Betty now while they polish some silverware mm-hmm. about how you can't be naked in front of boys. And Betty's like, it wasn't naked. 
naked. It was gonna be in like 30 seconds. But like we weren't. We weren't naked. <laughs> I love her other objection. We were in separate buildings. What did you think was gonna happen? <laughs> now that makes sense. You've got her there. <laughs> Can't like actually fuck. Like his dick's not that long, mom. Oh. I think I didn't see it because we weren't naked. Please sit down. It's quite long and I'd like you to be comfortable. <laughs> Please open your window and lay down on your bed. <laughs> what I do is quite modern, but I, I believe you'll enjoy it. Alice's punishment for yes. Betty yes. is that starting today, she will be cutting a rug on Riverdale Grandstand and will be every day for the foreseeable future to, you know, keep her out of trouble. Instead, I, I guess she also called Frank because this is the Frank maneuver. We're eating up all of her free time. Oh, oh, like of like, what do you do? Like, just, just, yeah, make your kid have a job and like do a thing and mm-hmm, another mm-hmm. activity and another activity. Yeah. Last week's Frank maneuver, not this week's Frank maneuver. Yeah, I was very confused. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Betty is not down with this because no. only like geeks and squares <laughs> what are like a part of Grandstand. Excuse me, nerds and squares. <laughs> Whatever. These are very, very important taxonomies. Uh, and and as she is making her, her displeasure known, there is some very intense fork polishing. Oh, my God. She's so trying intense. to burn a hole in those forks. Um, she is also told that if uh, she is caught saying hello again to that redheaded pervert, mm-hmm. so help Alice. The word pervert has been used more times in this season than the rest of the show combined. Yes. Because apparently everyone's considered a pervert. They hired someone new who just loves the word pervert. Pervert. <laughs> and making perverse. people say it. Also porn and pornography. Mm-hmm. We, we love those words in it, this it's, season. It's those big dirty plosives. The blip. I guess that's why she likes to polish. <laughs> and and uh, Betty's twice been described as a peach. And a peach. It, it's the pea season. The season of peas, we call it. Yeah. Uh, so Veronica is at home, mm-hmm. uh, sunning herself with a sun lamp. Yeah, just in her living room at night in a bikini. <laughs> As Smithers comes in and gives her a telegraph from her parents. Yes. Uh, uh, essentially she has been cut off her, her, uh, because of her underwear sharing behavior. Yes. She's no longer getting an allowance, and she has been arranged, like, they got her a job. They got her a job at the movie theater, the Babylonium. And she is pissed, because they're cutting off her allowance, Mm -hmm. and they're making her get a job, and that is child abuse? Maybe they also called Frank. Everyone's following the Frank plan. Yeah, is is that, like, the punishment of the time, is just get your kid a job? Get your kid really, really busy. They won't be making trouble. Get those kids off the street. By making them stay out and work. <laughs> yeah. So they have to walk home. They will on the later street. be on the street at around 8 30. But don't but wor- they'll be tired. Don't worry about it. It's fine. So it'll be okay. I don't know. I feel like if these people are so concerned, they just want to like keep them like locked up. You have Smithers. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do much driving. No. You've got live-in chaperone. The- <laughs> Smith, Smither, they know, Smithers is too cool for that. Yeah, Smithers is, he's a big softy. Yeah. 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 Kevin mm-hmm. walks into his bedroom and finds his dad. Reading his muscle magazines and being like, hey, Kevin, what's with all these 
muscle magazines. You don't have these muscles. Where did you get this? From your new friend, Clay? And you dubbed of a lady who has twice been called a ripe peach of a girl. So, like, what's going on? I don't like it. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm so sad. Like, this all makes me sad. Tom Keller mm -hmm. is what is probably the most changed character going yes. back in time. Yes. Because this story, if you haven't figured it out from that first scene, is all about being a homophobic dad in the 50s. Yes. And it's it guts me because he was such a supportive dad. He was so supportive. He wanted to play little miniatures games that his 12-year-old made up and drink milk together. Like, I loved their relationship. Yes. And this hurts me. We did accuse him of being a murderer in the first two seasons. I know, but he still cared about his son so much and they... they <laughs> it's okay if he murdered other people because he supported his son and who his son was. <laughs> Damn it. It turns out we were wrong. It's fine. So, Kevin's not having a great day. No, 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 no. Neither is Jughead because he has been called into the principal's office... Dr. Werther's is there as well, of course, uh, uh, to, to answer for the homeroom of horrors. Yes. And he's like, well, I have a part-time job writing comic books. Like, I don't, mm. They call it reprehensible dreck. And that he should be ashamed. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and he's like, actually, I'm quite proud of it. Like, I don't, what? Also, it's none of your business. Like, well, it's important to get the exact language of his uh, uh, of his objection, which is quote, "Cut the gas! This is the biggest load of hooey laid on me in my life." <laughs> I do have the biggest load of hooey written down. They fifties him up real good in this scene. Uh, and so they are like, mm -mm, "This is pornography. Like, <laughs> if we find a student involved with pornography, they're going to be expelled." And this is equivalent. This that. is equivalent. So, like, you're going to sign this legal document without a parent present mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> that you will stop writing anything equivalent to pornography to remain a student. Yeah, his choice is to either sign the no horror, no crime comics pledge or be expelled, yes. Yeah. So... Betty arrives to class, mm -hmm, and everyone mm -hmm. uh, stares at her silently. Yes, yes, judging this hussy, and she sits down And Julian in shame. whistles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Archie comes in the room behind him, and Julian leads out all the boys in a cheer, and everyone whistles in a, in a different way. Double fucking standards. We are faced with the gendered uh, consequences of, of social acts. Oh, oh. Mm. Uh, so over in the girls' locker room, Veronica's like, hey, Betty, how far did you actually go? Because I'm getting conflicting reports. <laughs> the jury's still out on this one. And Betty's like, we didn't even touch each other. Like, nothing happened. Mm -hmm, there was mm -hmm. just a little strippy time. Which was Veronica's plan. To yes. Be, like... <laughs> this was Veronica's plan. This was her idea. So really, she's just checking in. It's like we're, we're touching base on uh, an old business. And so she fills her in on how she's being punished by how she's making being made to go on 
uh, Riverdale grandstand and how that sucks. And mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. Cheryl's like, uh, 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 it's an honor. It's actually the best thing ever because Cheryl, of course, is the dance captain. And the reason she's the dance captain is because the channel's only sponsor <laughs> is the Blossom family it's and Blossom their maple syrup. syrup. Yes. Uh, and so she wanted to make sure that Betty got a copy of the rules. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which includes like no, no chewing gum, no chewing gum. Uh, there, there's a dress code and what? no groin to groin contact. <laughs> I, I like that they spell it out. Honestly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no groin to groin, no daggering on Riverdale grandstand. Oh my! <laughs> I was just expecting to be like and leave room for the Holy Spirit mm-hmm, or something, mm-hmm. but like or like. You know what it should have been? It should have been like, uh, leave the width of uh, a blossom maple syrup between yes. you. The economy size. The economy size. Available now. <laughs> so it is now basketball time. The basketball team is warming up. They're practicing. They're, they're doing their drills. And the Kellers arrive, both of them. Sheriff Keller ha- has talked with Frank to get Kevin on the basketball team. They, they have a conversation in silence because this is basically Archie's point of view. He's, yes. he's watching the two uh, uh, father figures talk and he's like, what, what the hell are they talking about? Archie can't read lips. He can't even read a book. Uh, and Julian, of course, makes a derogatory comment. Julian, Julian, this entire season has just been our stand in for Reggie Mantle. Reggie Mantle in like the early seasons. Right, right. Again, season one vibes. Yes. Yeah. Because Reggie became better. But very much, yeah, season one Reggie. Like he's just, he's like, filling that role, and when we 50sify that role, it's even more homophobic than before. Yes. Veronica shows up for her job at the Babylonium, where she meets her boss, Mr. Lemley. And this is a gorgeous old-fashioned Oh my theater. god, it's so fucking beautiful, I, I love mean, it. They, it used to be called the Bijou in earlier seasons. I, I believe they're filming in the same location. But it's it's great. The the uh, I love the marquee out front. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. They are currently showing Blackboard Jungle, which was the namesake of a season two episode. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very lovely. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. She uh, goes off about how she's you know actually very happy to be there because like she loves the movies. She loves the movies. All about the movies. The movies are her cinema. Her, her happy place since she saw Babes in Arms. It's just, like, her love. She's very happy to be there. Um, And so she's like, oh, well, what am I going to be doing? Like, am I, like, a ticket taker? I'm working concessions. And he's like, oh, like, everything. Because the only employees are you, me, and Clay. (laughs) And Clay's busy running the projector. So there's there's a lot to go around. Yeah. Uh, Clay does have a wonderful uniform, though. And Veronica gets a matching one in a later scene. I love these uniforms. They're gorgeous. They are so good. They're so good. So it is now time for Riverdale Grandstand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it is time for the bop. Betty has no enthusiasm. She will not bop. She has a poodle skirt, though. She does. Um, and so she's just kind of there, like, swaying. I would say, like, less than half-heartedly, like, <laughs> quarter-heartedly. And she, she's trying to do the absolute bare minimum. And Cheryl comes dancing up to her. She has enthusiasm for the both of them. She's like, Betty, why aren't you dancing? 
I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love the like, I am smiling in case the TV camera comes this way. Because, but like, Because, yeah, we ugh. all have to be dancing and dancing well and dancing uh, uh, happily. Because what if the camera comes this way? It's bad for ratings. And so uh, uh, against Betty's objection that she simply has no one to dance with, she's just like, uh, Dilton, Dilton's here to dance. Dilton hasn't had a partner since Ethel was sent away. So, like, go dance with him. Also, go rescue Ethel, please. Can someone worry about Ethel? That's the first of two subplots I'm really curious about that just get vaguely mentioned. (laughs) Go save Ethel. Someone. So Archie goes up to Frank and is like... Oh, God. This scene is so... It's something. Hey. Hey, Uncle Frank. Uh, what were you talking to Mr. Keller about? And, like, why Why is Kevin on the basketball team? Quote, is something wrong with Kevin? <laughs> Frank tells him that Kevin needs more real male role models in his life. Regular guys like you and me. Sometimes boys get confused with how they're supposed to act. And then we see Archie, who is more confused than anyone has ever been. <laughs> has no idea what's going on. No, no idea. He does what? not... Like, does not understand. What do you mean? It's it's not a clear thing to say. No. <laughs> it's like, it's okay, Archie. You and I will straighten him out. Because, uh, like, from Archie's perspective, Kevin is probably the most together guy he knows, certainly in school. Yes. Yeah. He's <laughs> a nice guy. He gets good grades. He was dating Betty. Like yeah, he has all these varied interests. He's he's really friendly. He's very smart. So what's wrong? He's the only guy in school that doesn't smell like garbage. <laughs> he's welcoming to the new guy in school. They <laughs> hang out all the time. That's so swell of him. Archie just oh man, he is so confused, and I love his confused faces of mm-hmm, just like mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I know what's going on. I don't I- know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know. This reminds me of, like, uh, this episode is a day late because we spent yesterday with a close family friend. Uh Uh-huh. And she told us a story. (laughs) Is it the Little Mermaid story? No. Uh, Oh, okay. It's the Henry Ford story. Oh, the Henry Ford story. Okay. Both good stories. (laughs) Taking her six-year-old to the Henry Ford Museum and one of the, the, like, big headline, like, it's right out front artifacts they have is the bus from uh, uh, the Montgomery bus boycott. The, the uh, Rosa Parks. The Rosa Parks bus. Yeah. And having to, like, explain it, the significance, which means... Explaining, explaining racism. racism. <laughs> to your six-year-old. And I feel like that's what this episode is for Archie. Yes. <laughs> Because all the kid kept saying was like, what? What? Why? (laughs) And that's Archie. (laughs) What? What? Why? But that is the end of the first act. We get our big cursive 50 styles title. Still hasn't left. Uh, And when we come back, Archie is like, hey, Kevin, 
uh, what are you doing for lunch? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, thought we could hang out, shoot some baskets, be bros. And Archie's such a sweetheart. He's such a sweet guy. Cause his reaction to this whole thing is just like, I have no idea what's wrong with him. But I guess he needs a friend. And I'm going to so be his I'm, best friend. I'm just going to be a real solid chum to my friend Kevin. And so he's like, okay, cool, Kevin. I'll see you later. And like, hey, Clay, have a good day, man. Like, okay. So Kevin and Clay just look at each other and sigh. <laughs> I'm just going to be the best friend I can be. I don't know what's wrong, but I'm going to be so good. Whatever the problem is, I think I'm helping. <laughs> so uh, Jughead is uh, working at Pep Comics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and Brad Rayberry walks in. He's like, hey, you gave me a check. I want to be paid in cash. I don't trust banks. <laughs> And and my thought is, I'm sure he trusts Banks f- just fine. He doesn't trust a check signed by Al Fieldstone. He knows that check is going to bounce. <laughs> this check is dated for two years from now. What the fuck are you pulling, Al? You called me Ray Bradbury? <laughs> they can't catch this. That's a different man. Uh, So, uh, what's his name? Other dude that Bernie, Bernie goes Bernie. to like take care of that, leaving uh him and Jughead alone. Jughead is immediately like, "I'm so sorry again. <laughs> I just like want to apologize. I hope you understand that." And uh, Brad's like, "Yo, it's twelve thirty. Why aren't you in school? Like, what the fuck?" <laughs> and the thing is, Jughead decided to to drop out over the quote cooked up malarkey that he was served. Why does he talk like this? <laughs> Because he's a swell young fella. <laughs> and uh, so Brad's like, hmm, that might have been a dumb idea, but like, when's your lunch break? And Jughead looks around as a uh, self-employed freelance writer that's just hanging out in the office for fun and says, now, I guess. Whenever, anytime, <laughs> uh, I'm desperate for human interaction. <laughs> Back at school. Back at school, Archie and and Kevin are talking, and Archie says, You know, Kevin, you and I have been in the same grade since kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, Archie. That's how grades work. The thing is, is it's impressive for Archie. <laughs> Do you know how many times he was almost held back? That's that's the first war that his dad fought in. The, the war against the school board. Like, every year, Archie's like, oh, man, do I get to still be in the same grade as Kevin? <laughs> and Betty and that kid with the weird hat that I never talked to. That I to. don't actually know at all. <laughs> we are not friends. What the fuck? Where is their friendship? So he's like, so, uh, Kevin, like, why are you on the basketball team? Kevin tries to explain. He tries to come out and say in the clearest code that he can it's because i'm gay which makes me not a real man and so my dad needs me to man up and playing organized team sports as part of that he can't say that he so he has to talk about how like his dad wants him to be normal and wants him to like things like sports and to do things like you know you did with betty but and and not like like, things like and not like things like drama and poetry poetry, movie stars and archie's like i like all those things too (laughs) and he says yeah archie i know but it's different and archie is still more confused than anyone has ever been 
he has no clue what the fuck is going on <laughs> at all. And so, and so Kevin closes this conversation by standing up, grabbing a basketball off the rack, and doing, like, a ballet leap into a layup that he whiffs so fucking hard, <laughs> it's embarrassing. They really need to go back to that sex book. There's no like, how-to basketball chapter in no, the sex book. But like, That's not going to help his form. Archie, read this chapter. Okay? Well, they burned it. It's little tiny ashes in the wind. Uh, there's more copies out there somewhere. <laughs> so uh, Jughead and Brad are at Pops. For an apology. An apopsology. Uh, and Jughead would like to apologize again and for the rest of his life for what he did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mr. Rayberry's like, you know, I mean, it was rude of you, yes, but I appreciate the apology and maybe I came out a little hot in the moment. I, I, uh, <laughs> Sorry about that, kiddo. Uh, and he's like, hey, you should go back to school, though. <laughs> It's, like, really important to finish your education, especially if you want to get into the literary field. Yeah. He's like, but but I don't think I should have to choose about, like, dropping out of school or writing comics. Like, that's not fair. And, like, yeah, true, but, like, you should go back. You should go back no matter what. And then, and then he asked Jughead for, like, background intel on Dr. Werther's. Tell me everything you know about this man. Where does he man? come from? What drives him? If if he were to answer the questions at the end of Inside the Actor's Studio, what do you think he would say? What's your favorite curse word? <laughs> he, he would just say, like, he'd say nuts. like Golly gee. <laughs> oh, crackers. Oh, crackers. Oh, that one's a little, that one's a little harsh. A little spicy. A little, little spicy. I think we got to bleep that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, white bread. <laughs> Uh, so in the locker room, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Julian is just a there, dick. There's a ceremony, essentially. He's like welcoming this extra who's never spoken on the team into the, the ranks of manhood. Because Be- he got some. He did the deed. With yet another extra we've never heard of before, but yes. And he's like, you know what this means, fellas? Like, so many of us have had sex, we should rename ourselves the Horn Dogs. I mean, y- yeah, you probably should, but not because you've had sex, but because you won't stop thinking about you it. Won't you won't stop talking about it! <laughs> oh my god, like, get a hobby! Why are Pokemon cards around yet? <laughs> we should call ourselves the Hound Dooms. <laughs> We should call ourselves the Snubbles. <laughs> Snubble. So then he decides to start picking on Kevin mm-hmm. about Kevin being a virgin. And Archie's like, well, what about you, Julian? Like, we don't know if you're a virgin or not. Bet you probably are. Bet you talk a big game, but you haven't done shit. And Julian's like, uh-uh. I lost it to Twyla Twist at 16 when my dad took me there to see this hooker. <laughs> A totally normal thing to do. I mean, Clifford Blossom, I buy it. I do. But what the fuck? That doesn't mean I have to like it. Here's the thing. He's like, ha ha ha. I had sex with a woman my dad paid. (laughs) But mentions nothing about anyone else he's had sex with. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which I think means Twilight Twist is the only person (laughs) he has had sex with. Also, Twilight Twist. (laughs) Twilight Twist is back. Is Dodger not that we know? 
Is Julian a dad to Dodger? (laughs) The big question I have from this scene, though, is... Why is Fangs Fogarty on the basketball team? It doesn't seem his his speed, his style. Also, he should be busy laying down tracks to become a, a multi-platinum recording artist. Oh, which Julian does like to try to rip into him like, oh, well, like, Fang, you know, Fogarty, we know about you, implying that they know about Midge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's the second uh, uh, running subplot mentioned obliquely that I wish we were having some real follow-up on. Like, yeah, especially considering this is the Dirty Dancing episode like where you, it would have made a lot of sense. You can't to the, name the episode that and not make me expect. Come on, come on. And all we get is a dirty look from Fangs. who's like, I'm going to punch your guts out. Like, shut up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Julian's going into Kevin and Archie's trying to, like, block it. Yeah, but- yeah. But Kevin, like, it, it gets to him and he stands up and like, all right, yeah, I'll go. I'll do it. Sure. Whatever. I'll prove I'm a real man. I'll I'll go see Twyla Twist. And the last thing he says is, let me know what to wear. Kevin, you're not helping. Did he say, what, let me know what to wear? He does. Uh-huh. He says, let me know what to I wear. I thought he just said, let me know where to go or something. <laughs> I've shown up in my fine Sunday best for the town floozy. Typically, you don't wear anything once you're there. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's going to make the car ride a little uncomfortable. So Veronica and Clay are in their snappy outfits. Oh my god! Clean in the movie so theater. Good. They're so good. It's very good. And yeah, they're they're cleaning out from the show or cleaning to prepare for a show. They're cleaning to prepare for a show, and because um, I guess they leave the previous night's popcorn. Gross! <laughs> Fucking gross! Uh, so while they're cleaning, they're having a little chat, uh, find out that Clay wants to, uh, study, like, directing and, yeah. and films they, and everything. They both have a passion for the medium, Clay, as a prospective filmmaker. And, like, yeah, uh, film schools were a thing in 1955. They were sort of in their first generation. The the people going there now would eventually lead to the the first wave of new Hollywood. Uh, so they talk about their dreams and the things they want, uh, but then Mr. Veronica would rather be a film executive than than actually involved in production. Of course. Yes. Uh, so Mr. Lemley. The, the owner. The owner, uh, comes in. Veronica's like, hey, when does the rush begin? And he's like, "Mm, slow night. (laughs) This is it. This is it. Zero no, people no, is our rush. No one wants to see a movie. No, Blackboard Jungle not bringing the folks in. Uh, and he's like, yeah, you know, um, TV, people like that. It's Also, that Starlight Drive-In just opened. The Drive-In! The Drive-In is the real. The Drive-In! And so Veronica's like, huh, TV. What if we filmed ourselves an advertisement and bought ad space on that TV? Perhaps during Bandstand. Perhaps during Riverdale Bandstand. Then all the teens are sure to see it. The only people, the only people who have talked about this show are Betty, who thinks it's garbage that everyone hates and is only for losers. Yeah. And Cheryl, who thinks it's actually very cool because it means she gets to be on TV. What, What I've also learned, though, is like all the teens are either on it or busy doing other things when it airs. <laughs> Veronica's incredible business acumen is really letting her down. This is not what the teens watch. It's either what the teens avoid or are in. Yes. <laughs> 
So, uh, we go over to Bandstand, where we uh, are in the middle of a commercial. And I'm just going to put the entire audio right here. Dancing up a storm sure is hard work. That's why I like to fortify myself throughout the day with hearty helpings of blossom maple syrup. Try it on your pancakes. Waffles. Biscuits. And even your favorite ice cream. Nine out of ten Americans agree there is nothing quite like the extra sweet flavor of blossom maple syrup. And remember, kids, it's not just for breakfast anymore. Now in economy-sized tins. And cut! Because it's amazing! <laughs> it's so fucking good. I love it. The the choreography on, on display here yes. is choice. There's surprisingly uh, intricate blocking with all three blossoms, uh, the twins and their mother com- coming in and out and showing different products. Oh, it's so good. It's I've so good. never wanted to eat syrup more uh, uh, for, you know, three meals a day. Like, yes, I will uh, take my hearty helping of syrup. When I pack my my work lunch for Monday, I'm going to be sure to fill one of those tiny little uh, uh, reusable cups. With syrup. Of my syrup. Gonna eat it with a spoon. Okay, we'll have to get actual maple syrup, though, and not my, like, log cabin and, corn syrup. And be sure, of course, it's Blossom Select from the big economy tin. Because we're a fake syrup household. That tin is huge. It's so, it's, it's so much it's, syrup. It's the type of uh, can you buy at GFS. That's the can that you pour over, like, the Paul Bunyan pancakes where, where they, they grease the, the butter with ice skates. Yeah. Yes. I always wanted to eat those pancakes. Yeah. That's one of those, like, cartoon <laughs> the, foods. The, like, 40-foot-wide like, pancakes. Yeah. Yes. It's one of those, like, cartoon foods that you're like, fuck mm-hmm. yeah, I want to eat that. You, you want to eat the, the like, uh, uh, shuffle the stacks of meat together, like, playing cards, uh, Scooby-Doo sandwiches? Yes. Yes. Uh, the pizza from a Goofy movie. Mmm, so incredibly stretchy. Yes. 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 This is a weird one, but the, like, paper see-through bread from that Mickey Mouse cartoon Everyone where they're, like, wants. starving. Everyone wants the depressing bean I, sandwich. I want the depressing bean sandwich. I want to have see-through bread. hmm mm-hmm. It looks amazing. <laughs> so in this episode of Grandstand... Uh, Betty gets a dance partner. Someone asks her. His name is Troy. His name is Troy. I Yeah. I would like to uh, point out that um, Van Stan makes me think of Hairspray, of Hairspray, which makes me think of Zac Efron. Whose and character was named? I don't remember what his character and that was named, <laughs> but in High School Musical, he was Troy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Honestly, I would not doubt that for a second. The, what was? The, the writer went that way. Link. He was Link in that, but Troy in High School Musical. Mm-hmm. So like, um, and like he's he's a nice looking man. Like <laughs> little, you know, like get what they're going for. This Troy, Riverdale Troy. Yes. Yes. Like you're, you can see it mm-hmm, in the jawline mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, mm, there's some resemblance. I wonder if uh, we were channeling that there. So so Betty is rescued from dancing with the Dweebos. And uh, Dilton uh, looks very sad in the audience. Right? Yeah. He gets no lines. He just gets to be a little happy and then very sad. And very sad. Uh, apparently Jenny is out with the mumps, so so Troy is in need of a, a partner. Uh, and they get chatty. They talk. And then they get chatty about, hey, you want to give me a private show sometime? Uh, uh, I heard uh. that you like it when guys watch. And then his hands start to go south. And she slaps the shit out of him. 
And we go right to Veronica and Clay watching TV in Veronica's house. They're friends. Because they're friends. <laughs> she, she no makes, one showed up for the movie, so they got to go home early. She makes really fast connections in this season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're best work buddies hanging out at the Pembroke. But, and like, and applauding Betty from the living room. <laughs> but yeah, like no one showed up for the movie, so they were able to go home. It was after start time. Uh, but uh, Alice like shoves Betty out of the way yes, and cuts yes. like cut to a commercial. Uh yeah. Cause apparently you can't slap someone on TV even if they're an asshole. And that cut to commercial is a cut to commercial. Uh uh, get it? And when we come back, Alice is reprimanding Betty and she, Betty's like, hey, it's not my fault. Alice is like, no, it is, because you created a reputation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh... And so the way this shakes out is that now Betty is still forced to dance every day. She's... Yeah. But no one is allowed to dance with her. So if that means she has to sit in the fucking corner, she sits in the corner. Alice is very rational. Because this, this makes so much sense. <laughs> Let's just have your pissed-off teenager hanging about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's gonna... That's gonna go great. You're going to love it. You're going to love that outcome. Jughead rushes to the apartment of mm-hmm, Brad, mm-hmm. who opens the door, and he immediately rushes in, and then he's like, oh, wait, can I come in? <laughs> it's very cute. Uh, and he's like, hey, I don't, I don't want to give up writing. Like, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't go back to school. Brad talks about how, like, you know, I know people who are blacklisted in Hollywood. And still would be, like... We're in the height of the blacklist still in 1955. Yes. And he's like, you know what they did? They used different names and so should you. It's true. It's true. So yeah, the, the idea is for Jughead to take a pen name to write his passion. And Jughead's like, okay, all right. So I write under a fake name. I, I sign the pledge and say I'm quitting comics cold turkey. They're never going to buy that. I'm a delinquent. I fucking lie all the time. He's like, no, you tell them you're shifting your focus to comics about happy animals. Yeah, d- d- do the whole funny animal genre. And he's like, yeah, like Super Duck. Super Duck, yes. Super Duck is a real Archie uh, uh, title from this period, from like the height of uh, uh, the funny animal boom. Th- this is seriously a whole genre. This was a huge, huge segment of comics. And when we talk about lost segments of comics from this time. We talk about horror and crime and things that have come back in a post-code world, mm-hmm. but funny animal books never re- have have never had that rebound. No, not really. There have been, like, a lot of, like, though there's a whole world out there of, like, online comics about funny animals. That's true. That's true. Like, uh, it is a format that has had more... Postmodern revisions or examinations of, of that is uh, definitely definitely something that has developed, especially in the webcomic space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Funny Online Animals is a great uh, example from Casey Green. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Kevin is with Archie, mm-hmm, and he is mm-hmm. fucking pacing. Yes. Freaking out about what is he going to do. Like, he can't do this. He can't go to Twyla. What the hell is he going to do? Like, on the verge of a freaking panic attack. And uh, Archie's advice is, put yourself in her hands and let nature take its course. <laughs> because Archie has no practical advice. He hasn't been there either. 
Well, and so Kevin's like, is that how your first time went? And that's when Archie's like, Kevin, I'm a virgin too. (laughs) And this is when, this is when Kevin finally breaks through. I don't think Archie understands what Kevin's deal is by the end of this scene. No. But he does have a handle on that Kevin is being forced to do things that he doesn't want to do. That he's being put in a box that is not for him. Yes. He gets that. He doesn't know the name of that box, but he gets the, the important points. Yes. And and Kevin is just pissed because he's like, of course, of course you are. And no one's making you do this. But mm-hmm. me, it's always, I have to go prove myself. I have to do something. Yeah. I have to be someone else. Quote, why do I have to prove something and you don't? It's so good. That's so good. That's the crux of it. And that's yeah. what gets through to Archie. And like uh, uh, Casey Cott does a really great job in this scene. Mm-hmm. He finally got a real plot. It's what is this? The, the seventh yeah. episode of the season. Yeah. They finally actually gave finally... him something. <laughs> I don't expect anything next week. But Clay they finally came gave... back from his long journey into the wilderness. We found out he's been hiding in a projectionist booth all this time in between. Another part of the scene I really enjoy is that, like, Kevin tries to make sense of it for Archie. Like, it's because you're normal. And Archie's like, but you're normal. No, I'm not. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Archie's not having that. His yeah. best friend Kevin is normal. You're People normal. should treat you're him that way. guy. Yeah. You're great. Like, I don't understand. Like, oh, my God. And the principal's office. Uh, yes. Jughead has signed the letter and has handed over and... Uh, he is accompanied by Brad. Brad Rayberry is there officially as his, like, career mentor, but is acting like his lawyer. Yes. He's, he's reading over the contract. <laughs> he threatens to sue. You know, they're all like, I'm, we're so glad you've come to your senses. And mm-hmm, Brad's mm-hmm. like, oh, hold up now. Here, there's some conditions. We are agreeing to stop writing horror comics. But he is still going to be writing. He's going to be writing stuff like Super Duck. They produce an example issue of Super Duck written by whoever writes Super Duck in this universe. Yes. And Brad goes on that this is all un- unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. And if, like, it continues, they're going to escalate it. And the principal's like, what, to the PTA? Like, no, you motherfucker, to the Supreme Court. <laughs> the Supreme Court of the United States of America, jackass. I really do appreciate that, like, they're going with super ducks. They're going with a real piece of Archie history. Yeah. As much as I am surprised that they didn't find, like, an EC Comics funny animal book. Yeah. That they can make a, an obvious parody of. Yeah. Because Pep is just EC in every other way, except they have one Archie title. <laughs> So the principal is not, like, he's like, oh, like, let's not lose our head. Like, we don't want that. He's definitely, like, a little, like, oh, this, mm, I don't like this. This is too serious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But Werther's is just pissed. (laughs) Because when uh, the principal's like, well, Super Duck seems harmless. What do you think, Dr. Werther's? And he's like, it's harmless for the moment. Just wait until there's pornography. (laughs) (laughs) Wait until we see Super Duck's super dick. The duck doesn't even wear pants, Mr. Principal. That's not true. Super Duck does wear pants. Super Duck is like the one funny talking animal that wears pants all the time. But his pants aren't long enough. He does wear shorts and sometimes later hosen. Of course he wears later hosen. Of course he does. Of course he do. Kevin shows up at Twyla's hotel room. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And she's... And this episode is just full of really awkward dancing. Oh my god, because she's like, Julian tells me you want me to have a good time. Let's dance. And he's like, oh my god, no. So, so yeah, they, they go in and, and like hold each other close. And so we, of course, are seeing Twyla's back and uh, uh, Kevin's pained face resting his chin on her shoulder facing us in the camera. It's very sad. <laughs> uh, poor Kevin. So over at Pops, Betty's picking up some food, and she sees Archie, and they have a little chit-chat about, like, oh, what are you doing picking up food, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. he's like, hey, can I ask you something? When you and Kevin were dating, how was he? And she's like, what? Like, <laughs> And he's like, oh, well, his dad's just got it in his head that he's off course. And she's like, what? Like, it's... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to, like, kiss and tell. Like, what is this about? And he's like, oh, well, never mind. Like, hopefully after tonight, everything will be fine. And that's when Betty's like, you shut the fuck up and you talk to me right now. What do you mean? What's what happening? What do you mean? What, what's the plan? What's going on? Whose what? plan is this? What? Uh, and then we cut back to the hotel and Archie busts in the room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, don't do it. Uh, and he's like, am I too late? Did you do something? Because he sees <laughs> Kevin sitting there fully clothed. And Twyla across the room in a chair. And Kevin is sobbing. He's sitting on the bed sobbing. Tears uh, in his eyes. And yes, so apparently what happened was like, Twyla started to do, you know, try to make some stuff happen. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kevin just lost it because he does not want to do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then Twyla tries to make moves on Archie of like, yes. oh, well, maybe my night. I was like, girl, you just got paid and yeah. you don't got to do anything. Why are you trying to, like, hump someone else? Maybe there's a return policy that is worded in such a way that as long as she has sex with someone, like, there's no refunds. They don't have to know. <laughs> you could scream they don't have to know for every scene that follows in the rest of this episode. <laughs> So she's so unsympathetic. Why is she mocking poor Kevin? I don't fucking know. So Archie gets Kevin out of there and they're they're sitting on some steps somewhere and he's like, "Why did you come for me?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Archie explains how he ran into Betty and he he mentioned what was happening and she blew up at him and said that, like he had to come get her you so like that's what i did mm-hmm. um and kevin is freaking out because he's like well, what what do i say to the guys like yeah i'm never gonna be a normal fella he he implores and archie's like it's okay we'll tell them you did it anyways like i'll give you things to say that i've read in magazines or heard from my uncle frank <laughs> i would love to know what he's heard from uncle frank it's probably very racist I don't know if Kevin should say those things. I don't. I don't know about that. So that's that's their plan. So. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like a pretty good plan, especially considering it comes from Archie. Like, what Twyla's gonna say they didn't? Like, who's gonna believe her? Like, we'll both say the same thing. Who would even ask her? Who would care? I, Julian, I guess. Did Julian, Julian, is I Julian guess. paying for this? <laughs> Somebody is. Uh, so now it's time for Veronica's movie theater commercial. Yes, yes. This is a full-on direct parody 
like I, it's probably shot for shot. I'd love to see someone do a side by side of the Nicole Kidman thing at for AMC theater. Yes, it totally is. It's, it's a, insane. It's about the magic and majesty of the movies. And like when I realized what was happening, I just said out loud while we were watching it, like it feels good to cry in a place like this. And then Veronica fucking says it. <laughs> movies have the power to transport us all over the world but only if you see them in a theater like the Babylonium. They're magical, special places where it even feels good to cry. It's a scientific fact. Movies are better in movie theaters. Come to the Babylonium. She says it! <laughs> she did! And it ends with the whole thing, like the whole same thing of, um, how we're gonna fall in love with the movies again for the first time mm -hmm. in this place. We're gonna feel things. Like, I was like, oh my god. It's just a Nicole Kidman it's thing. It. It's <laughs> so good. They are screening it in the movie theater for mm -hmm. the three of them. Right. Because who else is gonna come? <laughs> and she's like, so what do you think, boss? Isn't it great? Should we buy some, like, slots? And what he says is, you know what? Great job, kids. Anyway, I already sold the theater. <laughs> You could have fucking mentioned it, dude. You could have... They spent so much time on this. She's like, who? Who'd you sell it to? Your parents. That's how they know each other. I I developed a relationship with your parents while trying to sell my theater to them that was strong enough for them to get me to give you a job that's going to last about three days. Because they're going to turn this what? place into a parking lot. What? <laughs> what the fuck? This is not... If you take out that line of like, oh, that's how I knew your parents. Like, that that line breaks the whole plot into nonsense. I mean, maybe it became, will you give her daughter a job and will, like, give you an extra 50 grand or something? <laughs> I don't know. But that is the situation. They're, they're paving movie paradise to put up a parking lot. Uh, so Jughead and Brad are at Pops. Celebration milkshake. Celebration milkshake. Like, oh my gosh, that court thing was amazing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, what if you really were my mentor? <laughs> what if you were my new dad? Do you what? want to be my new dad? You want to be my new dad? Like, let me let me have some more milkshake before I sign adoption papers. He, Brad Rayberry does make a joke about adoption papers. Yes. Uh, but he's like, hey, you know what, Jughead? Like, I'm going to reread my novel. Mm -hmm, You've mm -hmm. inspired me. I'm going to do that. Veronica also goes home. Yes. And she looks at the wide collection of art. Her own personal collection of, of contemporary art. And she sees an original Edward Hopper, you, you know, the, the Nighthawks guy, hanging in the living room. She's like, I bet you're worth money. I bet you're worth like a lot of fucking money. So this is when Kevin makes it home. Yep. Kevin makes it uh, after, you know, walking home from the uh, the steps of the school. Uh, and he finds his father sitting, waiting in the dark, uh, a glass of whiskey in hand. Tom's been drinking. And you start to worry where the scene is going to go because he's unhappy. He says, I know you went and saw Twyla. I know you went and saw Twyla because I put it in Julian's head to suggest. You wouldn't listen to me, but you might li get, uh, uh, listen to some pressure from the boys on the squad. And I know you didn't do anything with Twyla because I spoke to her after Archie came and got you. Someone did check? I mean, if anyone would, I guess, it, it would be his dad in this, like, scared straight, screwed straight situation. 
this corrective sex. I guess. I, I mean, a very, uh, uh, one of the most heinous forms of abuse for, for queer people in the world. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I mean, it goes the best way it can. He just walks out. He just walks out. Because I really in... thought it was going to go in other ways. Yeah, yeah. He does. There, there's like the threat of violence really is thick in the air. Yes. In the atmosphere. It's it's this threat of this unknown teller. Yeah. yeah. That, like we we don't know what this Tom is capable of. And like all of this is so foreign compared mm-hmm. to what we know. From their relationship in, you know, the other seasons, that it is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, yeah. He he is uh uh he is a cop who does not have a wife to beat, so who's left? Kevin. Leave Kevin alone. Leave Kevin alone. And Kevin he, alone. he 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 picks himself up, he walks out in disgust, leaving Kevin in despair at the relationship he has with his father in nineteen fifty-five. Uh, so the next morning, uh, Archie is pouring himself some breakfast, and Frank comes in and mm-hmm. is like, I don't know what happened last night, but Tom called and said Kevin will no longer be on the team. And then, you know, Frank just walks away muttering to himself how, like, he feels so bad for Tom, quote, having a kid that's bent. I wasn't just joking at the top uh-huh. of the episode. He's really glad to find out that Archie's not gay. Like, that's mm-hmm. a real thing with Tom, mm-hmm. or, or, uh, uh, Frank. This is when Archie gets it. This is when Archie finally... I mean, like the, well, the he last got it. Like, him. I think he got it. Like, the, now he might know the name on that box. No, I think he knew it after talking with Kevin last night. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think this is, like, where he... Everything all is All the pieces come into play of, like, understanding this, like, hatred and... Because... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, like what Kevin is actually up against. Right, right. Cause even the, the conversation on the stairs, there was confusion in Archie. Like, I thought sending you there was helping. That's what everyone was telling me. But Betty said getting you out of there is helping, and now I'm confused. And this scene clears up that confusion. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I like to think that that conversation between them went on a little longer. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Kevin kind of explained it a little bit more to him. <laughs> uh so, yeah, Archie just is done. He, like, walks out. Yeah, yeah. He he is uh, as disgusted with his uncle as Tom is in his son. Uh, so Veronica goes to her boss, uh, Mr. Lemley, and is like, hey, I want to buy the Babylonian. Actually, I want to trade you this painting, which is definitely worth more than what my parents are offering you. If she can cannot- it, like- <laughs> This girl, this girl cannot go. Two weeks without having a fucking job. <laughs> Be a fucking entrepreneur. Whenever we were talking about, like, little bits of, of like, the jug, the previous Jughead's life, Jughead's future life. Yeah. W- awakening something in Jughead 50's version's brain. It's happening with Veronica. Yes. She enters the Bab... Uh, she enters a place of business known as the Babylonium and is like, I must have this. I must own this. And I must use a small business to be a wedge between myself and my father. Ta-da! Instantly. Um, we, we said too many nice things about Veronica last week. She had to go back to the old me. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, Archie's talking with Betty, and he is just letting it out that he feels like he messed up. He mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. you know, what this was not what should have happened. He he let down Kevin, and she's like, "No, you tried to protect him." But they are interrupted by Cheryl, who comes in and wants to invite 
everyone to dance on Grandstand today. Because it's the special 50th episode. And and the family wants new faces. Do you know what this means? Hmm. This landmark of the town's culture mm-hmm. is 10 weeks old. Yes. Come on. Come on. <laughs> 200th episode. 200th episode. Just do it. And Archie and Betty just can't believe this. This is like the last straw. All the mm-hmm. adults are trying to control them, trying to tell them what they need to do, where they have to show up, like what they can do, what they can say. And it's just they're, they're fed just up with fed these up. adults. Parents just don't understand. If only someone made a song about this. <laughs> and Betty gets an idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She she gets an idea while looking down at the special fiftieth uh, episode flyer. Of, of a, a young lady spinning in, in her dancing clothes. So it is that afternoon at the grandstand. Mm-hmm. And Archie and everyone else is dancing. And Archie still cannot dance. But he's having a great time. And he's I real enthusiastic about it. He's about such a it. fucking dweeb. <laughs> he's dancing with every, He'll dance with Cheryl. He'll dance with anybody. And, and Betty is just sitting. Sitting in the stand. Sitting in the crown with the big old Dorcases. Waiting for her, her moment to strike. Yes. And so it is now time for the latest dance craze, the twirl, where it, a whole bunch of girls just go up and twirl. They just twirl for a while. Uh, after a full verse of that, uh, Betty str- seizes her moment, struts straight out in, into the front of the camera and says, hey, y'all want to twirl? I got a twirl for you. And so she begins twirling. And as her skirt flies up like it does when you twirl, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. shows off some bright red panties. Because she's got a skirt that's cut to actually go like full level with the horizon. Yeah. Where, while everyone else just goes out sort of funnel shaped. Yes. <laughs> they didn't have to be bright red. This is broadcasted black and white. No one's going to know. No. <laughs> but for everyone else. Uh... Uh, and Betty is so fucking proud as Alice tackles her and they cut to a commercial again. <laughs> again, again. Two commercials start with this like beep thing going on. It's very good. Uh, so so we come back and the whole studio, the whole television studio is is vacant. The lights are dim. It is just Betty and her mother. And Betty's sitting in a chair and Alice is lecturing her as as Betty asks... Mother, may I please be excused from all future episodes of Riverdale Grandstand? And Alice is like, fine, you're (laughs) off the show, but you broke my heart, Betty. And she looks regretful about this. She didn't want to break her mother's heart. She just didn't want to be on the stupid dance show. (laughs) Alice deserved it. Yeah, yeah. Veronica uh, is like, hey, Smithers. I want to send a telegram to my family. And she dictates a victory telegram. But she is now the owner of the Babylonium. And she gives her best to Uncle Orson, is, uh-huh. is the last line of this. Uh-huh. Orson Welles? I, I don't know any other Orsons. Is Orson Welles a close family friend of the Lodges? Or family? Is Yeah. Is <laughs> Do we mean uncle in the actual family sense or uncle in the like close family friend sense? Is Orson Welles secretly Hispanic? So many questions. <laughs> uh, so at school, Archie goes up to Kevin and Clay, who are sitting at a picnic table. And he's like, hey, what are you guys doing for lunch? And Kevin's like, oh, my, I'm like done with basketball. Like, 
my days are over. And he's like, oh, well, like, that's fine. Like, I was hoping to, like, talk with you, talk about music, movies. I thought we could have lunch and just, like, chat. And then. He's trying to be a friend. And, he's trying to be a good friend. And this time, Kevin and Clay look at each other and they don't sigh resignedly. They're just like, oh, I think he gets it. And he's super cool. Let's go get brought back into high school society by the guy that's super cool. He's, they're like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, all right, okay, yeah. And Archie says, that's boss. <laughs> I'll catch you later. It is a really nice moment where Archie finally gets it, and he's like, fuck all the rest of that. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. be your friends. This doesn't change anything. And it's so nice when everyone's being a dick that we actually have that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Betty comes to school, and once again... She's getting all sorts of stares for her provocative behavior. But it's not a rumor anymore. Everyone saw it. And she's pretty proud. She's enjoying the attention. She, she's feeling real high on herself, striking back at the adult hegemony. But then she sees Dr. Werther's waiting for her. Enjoying it less. Less enjoyment all of a sudden. Oh, dear. And he's like, your mother called me. She is concerned. Betty's like, oh, yes, like a teenage girl who, like, has a mind of, and desires of her own. Like, so concerning. That is very concerning to Dr. Wor- you have not met this man. You don't understand. He says that she is so tortured mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and questions what they are going to do with her. Uh, meanwhile. The voiceover uh, pops in from Jughead, who is like, well, the, the you know, Werther's attention is shifting off of me to Betty so I can keep, like writing and and focusing on that Mm -hmm. and then we uh go cut to brad who is reading his novel he's going over that that old manuscript from out of the trunk and there's a knock on the door and so he goes to answer it and there is a fucking milkman there at like 8 p.m at night creep ass milkman who apologizes for the late delivery do you recognize this creep ass milkman no do you remember the the ice cream truck driver who murdered kids in that one episode of Chilling Adventures? Ah, it's that same guy? Same actor, same actor. Fuck. And that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. It's not Bernie. It's not Bernie. I was so excited for, for it to be Bernie. Well, I think our first prediction is uh, Brad's dead. <laughs> Brad might be fucking dead. Brad's going to be fucking dead. And uh, Jughead's gonna get blamed for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh. Now, why would Jughead get blamed for it? Because he was the last one to see him Last one Brad. to see him alive. Mm-hmm. Just, just like Ethel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ethel, they at least could cook up a, a halfway believable motive. Oh, Jughead's mind is corrupt because he writes this, mm, this pornography. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's just so yeah. crime-addled by, yeah. by the funny books. yeah. I, that, that's how moral panics go. You don't need reasons anymore. You, no. You've invented the reasons. You just slap it on everything. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I think you really do have something there. Yeah, I think so. But before we continue on with predictions, darling, what did you think of chapter 124, Dirty Dancing? I mean, we didn't cover certain things I thought we were going to cover in this episode. <laughs> no, it's it's really focused on its 2A and 1B plots. Yes. Really, Yeah. Yeah. Kev- it's so nice to actually give Kevin an actual 
story. Yeah. Um, and he's so, like, Casey Cott's great when yeah. they give him stuff. And it's so good. And also, like, Him I mean, ruining his marriage last season? Amazing. It's fucking heart-wrecking. Yeah, like, yeah. This stuff. And it was, even though I hate that, like, they, we got this from Sheriff, like, this side of Sheriff Keller. Like, yeah, I hate yeah. it. But I'm really glad that they didn't, like, ignore it's Kevin's story done. in this time frame. Yeah, yeah. If especially because they were dealing with other characters and their sexuality, I'm like you have, like you have to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If if you had kept everybody the way we knew them in in previous seasons, like the way we essentially have, like at the core of yeah. nearly all of our characters, you close off a lot of plots. Yeah, which is why sometimes you need an immortal warlock to show up and do magic at people. <laughs> That's not really an option this year, so instead we have Tom Keller regress yes. as, as we go back in time. I wanted more from, like, the scandalous, like, dirty dancing, though, thing. Yeah, like, I wanted you, you wanted the dancing to be dirtier? That, or, like, I wanted, like, it to be a bigger thing, like, she recruited others, like, oh, like yeah, I don't know, yeah. I wanted it to be more of an uprising. Collective action, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, uh, once again... This is the second episode we are releasing during this year's uh, WGA strike. Yeah. As far as I can tell, Riverdale is still filming mm-hmm. through the strike. Uh, the writers have stopped writing, but uh, the the line is that the scripts have all been delivered and they're just filming them without writers on set. This fucking blows. I hate this shit and it sucks. Yeah. It sucks for a lot of reasons. For one, uh, for one writers do very important jobs. On sets. Yes. Uh, uh, and without those jobs being done, either uh, the episodes are going to get real sloppy once we catch up. We, we run through the pre-strike backlog, which is looming. It's probably like in two weeks' time we're going to get into strike-produced things. Eh, two, three weeks, maybe, yeah. And on the other hand, it means someone else is doing those uh, that job, which means there's fucking scabs about. And I don't want... I don't want to... Uh, not mention that there is scab work being done on this show that that we are helping interpret for the world. Yeah. I mean, maybe there isn't. Maybe everyone is toeing the line and being cool and things are getting super sloppy on the set without anyone doing that work, but I doubt it. I bet people are, like, finding little excuses, blah, 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 and I would be so, so happy if the picket just shut down filming. If more people in Vancouver were acting in solidarity and shutting down filming, it's happening in so many shows and and, uh, uh, films in New York, Los Angeles, other places. I have not heard anything about how the picket's going in Vancouver. Uh, I haven't either. I wonder if that's like a, because there's nothing or it's because we're here and they're there. Right. Like, there are certainly entertainment reporters in Canada as well. There, there are certainly WGA members out there who would love to, like, share their story, right? Maybe I'm just not looking hard enough. But I, I want to know what's going on in, in all of the Vancouver uh, sets. Is it not covered because it's all, like, CW shit? <laughs> I mean, not entirely. It's, <laughs> I, a, it's a very popular I, place to film things. I know. I was a joke, though, okay, because okay. everything that's on the CW films in Canada. <laughs> yes, yes. So that, that, was a, that was a joke. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but anyhow, I interrupted us 
a, a few minutes ago from doing further predictions. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to it. Darling, do you have further predictions? Well, going off of my prediction that, like, Jughead's going to be framed for this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think he and Betty will end up at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Mm-hmm. Betty, because she's, you know, so troubled. She's such and, a problem. Yeah. And Jughead, because they're going to think that he murdered this person. <laughs> yeah. They're going to, like, send him away instead of to jail. And then they'll finally be there and they can, like, escape and save Ethel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Finally some collective action. Yes. Yeah. I can rescue my, my pet prediction if this uh, evil milkman is a copycat killer. Ooh. And the real evil milkman is Bernie all along. Ooh. <laughs> but uh, aside from just, like, trying to, to hold on... My my first guess at who this mysterious man is, is the comic book writer who came up with the Milkman murder oh. in the first place. Mm. And they're going to do some really weird muddled thing where, like, Dr. Werther's was technically right by accident, but in the long run, he's still wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I should also add Kevin and Midge into going to the Sisters of Quiet Yeah, Mercy. everyone just goes Everyone's there. Everyone's going to... It's going to be a whole new party. They they bust out of there just by overcrowding. Yeah. The, the, the walls cannot hold them physically. They, they... There's more of them than the sisters, so like... <laughs> a prison riot at a convent. Yes. <laughs> Mary is eventually going to kick Frank out mm. because she's going to find out what a, like, a racist homophobia is. Yeah, yeah. Like, Frank's going to have some weird opinion about, like, women working outside the home and that's gonna be like the final straw for mary so we're like fuck you oh, frank you, you mean i shouldn't put food on the table for your nephew what are you saying get out of my house that yeah. i own yeah veronica's gonna have to do something to get people to go to the movies veronica is going to invent the loyalty uh club card <laughs> She's going to uh, start making specialty mixed drinks for every new release. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a speakeasy in the basement. It's, it's We're, we're going to go from the Nicole Kimmon video to the most egregious uh, uh, extended bit making fun of AMC theaters. Yeah. She's going to tear up the carpet and put in the ugliest shit you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> yes. Yes, she will. She'll also make it so the seats are the most uncomfortable fucking thing you've ever sat in. But then she'll have, like, four seats that you can upgrade to if you want to actually, like, be comfortable. Now, uh, this one's going to be weird because there's no, like, computers, obviously, in 1955. But if you send a telegram ahead of time, <laughs> there, there will be, like, a, a drink and, and a pretzel waiting for you when you get there. <laughs> send a carrier pigeon? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. She's going to invent the frozen Coke just to get people to come to the movies. Oh my god, yes. Oh, I should get one of those when we go see Fast X. Yeah, I should get a frozen Coke. It, it'll hopefully be warm. It's coming soon and the heat isn't. Okay, but then like she, she gets it like going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, then there's going to be an issue with drugs in the movie there's theater. gonna be drugs in the theater and it's gonna, it's theater like, drugs instead of like sour patch kids mm-hmm. they're gonna they're, there's that's gonna be the drugs so like what are they gonna be called like tart place children <laughs> tart place children 
<laughs> freaky babies. It's just called freaky babies. Acidic ground kiddos. Acidic garden. Acidic garden babes. Acidic garden babes. I saw the Acidic Garden Babes play in Subterranean, and, like, they are going to blow up next year. I promise you. And you get so fucking high off them. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. It is time to talk about next week's episode, then. Next week, we're coming back with Chapter 125, Hoop Dreams, named after the classic early 90s documentary about... Uh, two teenagers in Chicago who dream of, of getting into the NBA, and neither does. But, boy, is there a big story on the way to getting get there, to almost getting there. I mean, it ends with them getting recruited to college ball, so, like, they had to stop filming sometime. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what we know is mm-hmm. there is basketball, yes. there is someone who is hunky and oh. good at basketball, and you know who that person is? It's Reggie. Reggie returns next week. This is another uh, a trailer where it's really just a, a short, quick scene, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And the payoff of the scene is Reggie returns to the cast. Fuck yeah. I guess that Missed means you. Julian's dead. <laughs> we don't need two of them. I want, I want them to, like, have a fight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want Reggie to just punch Juliet, Julian in the face. But like, I mean, Julian is kind of season one Reggie, but also a rich snob. Yes. So there is this, like, replacing stupid with rich snob is how you get Julian. Yeah. And I wonder if we'll have the same sort of two Reggie's tension we had in that one episode. <laughs> that was the best thing ever. I that loved was, it. It was really fun. That was good. Uh, but but next week's episode is the return of director Sierra Shooter Glade. Oh. Uh, she did the big action climax to season six, if you'll recall. Oh. When they uh, struck a deal with the devil to send uh, uh, our, our villains straight to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. <laughs> so. So, uh, thank you all for joining us yet again. Uh, this is pretty big weekend, but I've been a busy bee working on relaunching a brand new Six Feet Under campaign. Ooh. We are going to be making a Star Wars. We're going to be making a Star Wars miniseries using a, a game called Galactic Second Edition and uh, an expansion called the Scum and Villainy Expansion. <laughs> you can find those uh, bundled with several other expansions for Galactic uh, on itch for the... Uh, rest of May, so I wanted to mention that while I still can. And uh, just go check out Six Feets Under uh, uh, on whatever podcatcher you're using to listen to this. You'll find it, and uh, I'm sure soon you'll you'll have a trailer, and after that, an episode zero where we make up what Star Wars means to us and, and make our characters. And boy, am I excited to, to make more of that and get it out into the world. Yeah. It's called Renegade Scum. That's the name Ooh. we came up for the campaign. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Well, you should definitely check that out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You should also check us out. Uh, we are on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. You can also uh, leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to us. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you can tell your friends. I eat stars for breakfast, and it's the most important meal of the day. Yeah. I read reviews for dessert. Oh my. And I deserve a treat, don't you think? Uh, so with that, 
I'm Elena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie, biggest load of hooey. Hooey, 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 hooey. Race cars, lasers, airplanes. It's a murder show. <laughs> Might solve a mystery or rewrite history. Riverdale. Woo-hoo. They do both of those things. They do all those things. <laughs> Might find the holy grail, Riverdale.